0: Hello, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. This is a safe space where mamas can talk openly about their highs and lows of motherhood and to look deeper into who they are as women and their journey into motherhood. We may agree and disagree or cry and laugh, but one thing for sure is we will learn from one another and have a great time. So sit back and enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Mamas Know Best. We have, we got something to say podcast. I have a very special guest, Miss Samara Blair. Um, so why don't you go in and Samara and tell me a little bit about yourself, what you do, and then we'll just kind of go right into that.
1: Okay. Uh, well, I think a defining thing I like to introduce myself as first is uh, a mama bear of two. Um, they have changed so much of my identity. I have a, almost my son will be four. Uh, at the end of the month. So a four year old son and my daughter's two. And uh, it's funny because so much of my identity used to be in my my career and my profession. You know, I'd make sure to say I'm a therapist first, but having my little munchkins has changed everything. So now I like to introduce myself as a mom first. That's one of the more important identities, yeah. And um, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I've been practicing for over 10 years now. And uh, I see kind of a range of people my heart is dedicated to maternal mental health. So focusing on anyone on the spectrum of uh, infertility issues, trying to have kids, pregnant and postpartum. But my practice, I have a private practice in Tamarack. I have a private practice out there, strength and serenity counseling services. And um, I work with individuals, couples, families, kind of a wide spectrum of things. But again, the, the thing that I like to promote the most because I feel like it's the least
0: representative is maternal mental health no I agree that as much as possible which is why um and I always like to to tell my listeners like how I meet with I don't even know actually I think I do know I think we have a couple followers um in common and um I love following women and whether they're moms or not but Mm -hmm. that want to make a difference within the motherhood community yeah. Um, because I feel it's so important. And I feel like with social media, when you have a platform like social media that can reach millions of people, right. um, I love just following people who kind of stand for something. So I came across your page. And once I saw the maternal mental health, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I need to speak with you. And I know you do other things. Um, and what's funny enough, I, I checked, I didn't even know you were a mom, because yes. I know your, your pages, I see directly related. So actually, yes. that's, that's great, because I want to, just pivot a little bit and then I'll go into why maternal mental health is so important to you. But tell me a little bit about your motherhood journey and you have a four year old and a two year old. So that dynamic between basically toddlers and a boy and a girl. So tell me about your motherhood journey.
1: Okay. Well, I, uh, got, I had my first pregnancy in 2015 and it resulted in a miscarriage Mm -hmm. and, um, I was pissed. I'm just going to say a little bit because I feel like any listeners who have not experienced this, I knew it was common, but I had never really heard about people's miscarriage experience. So I didn't realize the amount of pain, physical pain that could accompany mm-hmm. that journey. So you're
0: saying not only um, the mental aspect, you're saying physically.
1: The phys- yeah. I felt very mentally prepared. I mean, I, just from, at school, the, you know, the so scholastic part of it, it. it. Right to feel it you know I ended up in the hospital it was a garbage experience the whole miscarriage was a garbage experience and uh I do feel I can't even say fortunate but my husband and I had never really communicated with each other that uh we weren't sure if we could get pregnant um mm-hmm. and so it and the miscarriage ended almost with hope like at least we know we can conceive
0: oh, yeah. and it was
1: during the father's day weekend it was so lame it was such a oh. trash experience but at the end of it, you know, we waited a a few months and then, uh, our second pregnancy was successful and that was my son. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I was pregnant with him, mom passed away when I was seven months pregnant. So this is a small part of why, like I, this is the beginning of my intro into maternal mental health, just grief that can happen while you're
0: pregnant is, it can be so intense. Yeah. Talk about that because I believe, and I didn't until I became pregnant and I want really the holistic approach. I had a home birth, I had a midwife. So um, we went that way. And I really learned of understanding pregnancy as a spiritual journey. That's the the way I was going. Mm -hmm. So I didn't realize though, how much like really how we, how we think, how we feel affects the baby. So talk about that.
1: Yes. So I will say this, my husband and I, when we were in St. Louis, we were working in a ministry position with youth and family. So for me, I felt uh, I have a very strong spiritual community at the time. And I was working with other therapists. So it, f- it felt like when my mom passed, I felt very supportive. Okay. But I, I was so concerned about my son. Right. Cause I'm like, I'm getting all this help, but he's the one feeling all of my crying, all of my agony. Internal. Like, mm-hmm. Yes. All of that. And, and to be honest, there was no training in, in uh, my education about this. And so all I, all I was concerned about was how was this going to affect him once he got earthside, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so now learning so much of this, it's like, I, I hear um, and have read articles of like, when the mom is going through agony, the children can sometimes come out in a way that uh, complements that. So very nurturing, very soothing. Oh, I just got the
0: chills, wow.
1: Yeah, not always. I know moms are like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna destroy my kid because I'm in agony. And I'm like, mm, there's time. You know, we don't know exactly how the kids are going to come out And i think the thing that's amazing to me is before we can talk we can feel right Mm -hmm. and so the babies can be really intuitive with mom doesn't always mean that they're going to come out with all these behavioral issues or or anxiety issue Mm -hmm. right so that was to me for me i was like you know what uh my son and i we had a rough beginning and that was my so my mom passed i was concerned for him when he came out i I had him in a hospital, he was induced. And although I loved my ov, she knew I wanted to go the natural route, but I labored for 18 hours for him. I pushed with three and a half hours. It was, I tried my absolute best to take as much of a natural approach, but the, the part that was more um, harmful for me was right after I gave birth. And this is something that took me a while to hear heal from. Is my husband and I had this plan, but I I didn't know what a doula was at that time. I uh, didn't have I had friends that were there. But mom, wow, that was how many years ago? Only four years ago? Look only at that. four years ago. Only four years ago. So for me, that journey of entering into motherhood feeling very out of control, right? I had so many people up in my personal space, which I really did not know how all that was gonna work out. And um my ob she tried all these different positions it took them three times to try to break my water so it was it was really
0: invasive (laughs) i was just gonna say invasive
1: (laughs) yeah it was really invasive and so at this point um my son didn't even get the opportunity to latch onto me uh before a bottle was given to him which i didn't find out until later Mm -hmm. um but my husband was emotional i was all over the place no one there to yeah 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 so that to me i feel like is unfortunately the story of so many moms when we enter into motherhood is we feel very out of control which is interesting enough because with my daughter uh i had her here and i worked with um krista west and she is with i think it's called something coastal midwifery. I don't remember if it's mm-hmm. West Coastal something, but anyway, Crystal West and she was so phenomenal. Um, none of my support people were happy that I was having an at home birth because I was the first one in all of my circles to do that. But I was like this, pre- this birth experience, I wanted it to be so different. I went through the yoga nest has um, prenatal, uh, sure. what is it called? Labor delivery, those courses. Sure. So yeah, I went through the- So I felt very like mentally prepared. Although I knew it was a new experience, I felt like I was in control. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so we had the whole uh, birth pool and all that stuff ready at the house. And I go in labor and everything about me is irregular. So she was like waiting on my contractions to get, you know, a steady pace. Girl, I was in the tub when my water broke which was so lame because I wanted the like movie experience, you know? And
0: (laughs) 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 I realized,
1: no, 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 not at all. Not at all. And so I didn't realize my water broke, but the contractions when they got to a point where I couldn't take it anymore, I knew she was going to be coming. So we called the midwife and uh, my, my dad was blowing up the pool. My husband was kind of like helping me trying to do the different positions to release the pressure and girl, I had my daughter on a yoga mat in my living room. We, we didn't even get to the pool. <laughs> I love it. And my husband delivered her. My midwife walked in three minutes after. She coached him through, I but we were chills.
0: like, it was insane. <laughs> and you know what? That's such a beautiful story. And I could see the happiness in your face because yes. you went from an experience and, and look I only have one I only have one child so I can only speak on my experience and I'm yeah. very thankful that I had my first experience was a home yeah. birth. Granted yeah. I prepared, I had mentally I was preparing my body for a few like I was trying, right. I didn't know I was gonna have a home birth but I knew at some point I wanted to be a mom. So I did have that not inclination but um, I, I had that awareness, self awareness. Mm-hmm. So I'm very thankful, very thankful. Yeah. But to see the happiness on your face because yeah. you from an experience like you said that's very common yes you lost control you didn't know what the heck was going on right and not to the faults of the your ob-gyn or the hospital nope. they just right. are doing what they're trained to do right right um, which is not necessarily what's in the best interest not just the baby but also what the mom wants and yes needs. yes for you to have then this birth experience and again it wasn't what you thought it was going to be but you, you mm-hmm. went through the natural process oh god girl
1: i love i tell my husband if i could have the pregnancy with my son because i was like a human being then with my daughter I was a i don't even know who i was when i was
0: <laughs>
1: but i loved that birth experience it was so cool it was so cool that's and i awesome. felt and like it's also
0: that you could be relatable because
1: you know what it feels like on both spectra. both ends yeah, yeah.
0: yes absolutely
1: so for me, I felt like uh, with her coming here, I didn't have so much of a secure network of people.
0: Mm,
1: that's that's, that's what thrusted me in. Because for real, I was like psycho when I was pregnant with my daughter. And uh, <laughs> all I kept thinking was, what are some resources that I could find? So I started looking for resources in the area for maternal mental health. And I'm like, unless you're down in Miami, there really wasn't a whole lot happening up here at the time. So then I um that's when I found out about Postpartum Support International,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is oh they Tell are me the, about
0: that a little bit.
1: That organization is they're one of the leading uh, organizations that offer training in the U.S. First Get of all, 10. for okay. mm-hmm. yes, for clinicians, for nurses, for doulas, for midwives, like anyone in the industry of supporting you know any birth workers, they're they offer so much. So they offer a lot of stuff for moms. It's it's almost overwhelming, but they have stuff like every professional who's registered with them, they have directories. So if you need a therapist who specializes in postpartum care or perinatal or maternal mental health, they've got it. Wow. Yeah, they've got it. And what I love is that they're trying to penetrate the whole medical platform. So not just therapists, you know, but they're, they're trying to offer OBGYN. care. everybody, mm-hmm. yes. Okay. And that was a difference that I felt like in St. Louis versus here. In St. Louis, I felt very cared for as well, not just the baby but i was evaluated often by the pediatrician that i saw for my son whereas here a lot of pediatricians don't even want to touch that they don't want to ask because if they ask then they're liable if something happens you know Mm -hmm. and so um i love that when you talk about holistic to me i think the the birthing scene is very divided it's like either something is focused on the mom or focused on the baby and so um What I love about, because I gave birth here, I feel like it opened me up to connections to quote unquote, alternative care. So I've got doulas that I work with, psychiatrists that I work with, midwives that I work with, and a few OBGYNs that we we get to kind of refer clients to each other. Yes, I'm like, it's been so refreshing to see people open themselves up to the mental health component. And it's crazy because uh, postpartum depression is the number one complication postpartum complication number one so um, you would think that it would be addressed more throughout all these platforms but anyway i think for me going what i went through in the birth experience it's it's what opened me up to wanting to provide services like this for moms that's awesome and even i didn't realize i'll tell you this real quick is i didn't realize that with my son that i had postpartum anxiety i didn't again i didn't know that was a thing until i had my daughter and um just for listeners, most people say things like postpartum depression, right? Or I've got postpartum is what I hear people say all the time. But there's there's an umbrella of things that can happen with postpartum anxiety or depression or OCD or um, age, mom rage. Hello. I'm like, there's it's it's real. There's postpartum PTSD, which I feel like I've seen that quite a bit in some of the experiences people have. As a result of their labor and delivery process
0: crazy.
1: there's a lot there's a lot that's out there but for me i remember never being able to leave my son alone
0: even to where that was the same thing i felt like i couldn't leave him alone and i felt like no. i couldn't go anywhere with him because i felt like i was a i don't know why like my yeah, brain yes. just changed i went from this confident yeah executive woman who can you know i can hold my own i'm a leo right. i'm from the bronx i'm Puerto Rican. china like i'm like no and then my son <laughs> came and it was like I became this, like, so fearful of being judged if he cried and I couldn't stop him crying. People would look at me like I was crazy. So, wow, it's amazing. I say amazing because we're two totally different women and we had very similar Similar. experiences. So speak on that.
1: Yes. Wait, well, and
0: the crazy part is you're a therapist and in your training, then not even mentioning this part. No. I've been giving birth since the beginning of time. So, can we say pre- not talking about this?
1: It's not, it's not, I feel like I, I look forward to the day and I hope to be a part of the process of helping to integrate, integrate this into the educational process for clinicians. But uh, I think for me, anxiety was different. I'm familiar with that. I've wrestled with that my whole life, but. I I had not had anxiety attacks. I remember my husband and I would travel all the time to neighboring states in Missouri and we were going to go visit a friend. I was going to go visit a friend with my baby in Chicago. And I mean, I got everything packed up and I was getting ready to leave and I had an anxiety attack. I was like, I cannot, I just kept thinking, what if I, what if he cries and I have to pull over? And as a woman of color, I was like, what if I'm in a place that's not like, you know, I'm not trying to, I didn't feel You're safe in the Midwest. That's a whole Girl. different thing
0: than the South. Yes.
1: Girl. I, so for me, that's where I was, it, all of these, what ifs, um, it just like happened, surged me, you know? And so I, I didn't go, I ended up not going. And that for me, let me know when things became problematic because like you said, I'm like, I've never had issues with these things. Before. Anxiety. Yes. But I was always able to manage and work through and do what I had to do. Uh, and, and also it caused a conflict. I remember, I struggled a lot with breastfeeding with my son. The first two months were a nightmare, mastitis and back in the hospital and all these things. So I was really sensitive about breastfeeding and or feeding my kid at all. I felt like it was supposed yes. to be my responsibility as mom. I'm, I should be able to do this.
0: And if not, you're a
1: failure, what the and hell is if, going on? Yeah. Exactly. And I remember my husband was reminding me of this, that I, you know I, I didn't know that he had tongue tie and lip tie until he was eight months old. So I was in excruciating pain every feeding. And a friend of mine was like, let me, you know, let me take him and feed him for you. And I went off on her like little self control, a lot of hurtful words. And really it was, um, I think for me an over-functioning of only I can do this. Yeah. as though that I, that didn't mean I didn't love him any less or, you know, it just, it became so tainted. And I think we all have this like mom guilt where we put this immense pressure. Sometimes we put it on ourselves. Other times other people are putting it on us, but sure. where we feel like we have to be these women to do all the things all the time. And, um, I think for now it's something that I, I promote a lot of the value of community, mm-hmm. you know, and like, it's, oh, I try to tell moms now, I totally get it. It's okay to, give baby to someone else for 15 minutes so you can go take a shower or so you can go look at a wall somewhere you know but just to have a moment to yourself you don't have to do it all Mm -hmm. and even the value of like baby bonding with other people is important but i I, with my son now he's four and i see he does not like to be left alone ever like if you're in a
0: room he's there so what do you think so do you think and I, i have a point because I'll tell you about the story or the, what transpired with my son. Do you think that that had something to do with it? Do you think we're projecting that and that withheld
1: Mm -hmm. him from feeling that way? I think I I did not, he didn't, the thing to me is when I look at it this way, I didn't give him the opportunity Mm. to be alone. Okay. He was loved. He was safe. He didn't know any, you know, he didn't carry any of the emotional things, but I do notice, I think this is, some of this is just his personality. He's very emotionally, into if he he can sense when you something is off and for me i kind of wonder how much that played a part in all that we went through emotionally when he was still in utero oh
0: you're saying from the beginning from utero, from the beginning
1: to- mm-hmm. from the beginning but then at the at, at the sense too of the connectedness he had to have because we were together a lot yeah a lot and so whereas my daughter she's too that girl will go roam off where you know she'll be fine you know painting or do whatever by herself but she had more opportunity and granted, I wouldn't like leave her places crying, but she was
0: fine to be in another room while I'm cooking. So let me tell you, let me ask you then, how did you do the switch? Because that's only a couple years, right? Between, you know, it wasn't like you waited five, six years. What made you talk about some of the things that you worked through to get you to that place that you felt you could feel more comfortable?
1: Yeah, well, you know what? When my son was born, uh, it gave my dad and I, we were my dad and I've always been very close, but we had a lot of time to process as I was experiencing new mom things. Mm-hmm. So uh, I didn't talk, and I won't talk a whole lot. But my mom and I had a very complicated relationship, as most and so, mothers and daughters do. Yeah. So for me, I just kept talking to my dad of like, um, did this ha- what what was, what was this like when I was little? Where was mom and how did she treat me in this way? And so we had some time to process through, which I think is so important for us. Um, as new moms, we're always going to want to know, like, what was it like for our parent who cared for us or our caregiver? And uh, so that to me gave some space to learn that my mom was very unavailable to me because of her own demons issues, but she was very unavailable to me with my first year. Mm-hmm. And so I realized that I, because of how I grew up, I made a, my friend calls it a childhood promise And when I was a kid, when I become a mom, you know, I'm always going to be there for my kid. Couple of that promise I made to myself with my anxiety. There was no room, right? I had to do everything for my kid. If I was there, I had to do everything. What a, and, how did that play with, though, with your husband, though? Oh, yeah so i also worked so i went back to work after six weeks but when oh. i was home i took things over but for for my husband i i never wanted because i had a great dad my dad was always involved gotcha. and you know it was like i never ever wanted to get in the way and this is where the therapy part came into play too because i saw wives that would critique their husbands and their husbands would feel trash and and i was like no i need him i don't care how ugly the okay so look. that's good so you didn't
0: you didn't take it from there too because i was going to get no because i know a lot no. of women do
1: no i for me i want so i wanted so and my 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 husband his dream like to be a dad so there's no way i was going to get in the way i wanted to promote as much as possible for him to feel free and secure and build him up so i spent a lot of time doing that with him but really what it came in place of is when it came to feeding of my kids um any anywhere that we were going you know, I had him in a baby carry. If we were in public or even with close friends, I wouldn't allow other people to uh, carry him often or hold him. You know, I, oftentimes he was with me, on me, only me or the very few selective people. Right. And so it, I feel like it was limiting because I didn't allow myself to get help right. a lot. But with my son now, you know, um, it's been a work in progress to try to help create a safe space, healthy space to encourage him to be by himself for small moments of time. But I really think working on is the thought that I have appropriate. That's what helped change things for me because I was like a childhood promise. I'm not my mom and the environment my children are growing up in is so different than in the environment I grew up in and the environment my mom grew up. And so I saw this error happen often where parents, uh, raise their kids the way they wanted to be raised or give them something they want. And I'm like, our kids have such a different like set of needs. Sure. And so I want to, I want to, I'm trying cause I'm continuing to learn and grow here, uh, to offer them something that addresses what they have. So it's, it's a duality happening. I'm healing, you know, some of my own stuff and helping to create and nurture what I think they need. I mean, <laughs> I say all the time. I'm, I'm sure I give my kids plenty of reasons to go to therapy, you know, but, <laughs> but
0: I want to be conscientious and mindful as I'm moving forward. And I think that's such a beautiful point because yes, my sister and I were talking about that of like, uh, you know, whether it's food and trying to raise our children to be a little bit healthier you know right. than what we were raised on just whatever it is yeah. but it's such a good point that you made that it's not about us and what we didn't have or did have or wish we could have changed it's about this human being that we brought into this world what what is needed for them right of course we can learn right mm-hmm. and yes and say okay obviously if you come from an abusive household if i want to teach my son better eating habits that's right. in itself right but I think that's so important for the listeners to hear because I think a lot of times we do do that Mm -hmm. or it's, we want to live vicariously through our children. So if there's something we didn't get a chance to do, it's like, no, you do it. You, you play this sport or you play this instrument where it's like, it's not about you. It's about them.
1: Absolutely. And you know what? That was a part of my healing too, because I, when I thought back to what I always wanted in my own relationship with my parents, my mom did not hear, I love you. So she made sure to verbalize that. I never questioned. She made sure to verbalize that often with us. Um, but what I found myself wanting was that pr- her presence, you know, more than words, I wanted her presence. And so here's how I began over functioning. I made sure my kids had my presence and my time and my attention, but I didn't give them any space to breathe, you know? And so recognizing, I'm like, no, they need to have, they need a tribe too, you know, of people that they feel connected to that they can lean on because long we're in this for the long game. Right. I'm like, as they move forward, they're going to need other people. And if I limit them now, and to be honest, now that they're older, like I love that I can say, go to
0: Abuelo's house. I'll see y'all in a few hours. (laughs) So True. Yes. Yes. I found, but to go back when I had said, if you thought what you were projecting, not hindered, but affected your son. And yeah. I had that. I mean, my son went to my son had a. We say a nanny, but it was a friend of mine um, who was a family friend of her family because I had to go back to work. My husband had to go back to work, and we didn't feel right. comfortable just yet putting him into daycare. So it worked out that we got somebody, and she was with him for about a year of his life. Um, and took to her immediately. But my son mm-hmm. was always very cautious, kind of like what you said, like looking yeah. at people, like no and. Um, would cry everything had to be with me and then I started feeling guilty I'm like oh, yeah it like my anxiety like is putting on to him and me being worried so I once I started seeing that I had to subconsciously kind of let that go and if I oh. was dropping him to my parents house or my mother-in-law instead of me being worried like oh my god what if something happens I'm like with a fake smile like you're gonna have-. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, you know? But because they do feel and they do see everything, Absolutely. And he's watching every minute, even if I yep. flinch for a second. So yeah. that helped me to kind of yes. be like, it's okay. You know, I don't want to, I didn't want to raise a child who was going to constantly be afraid of that because you're right. Mm-hmm. He needs a tribe. He needs Mommy and daddy need a break. He needs to be able to hang out with his grandparents. Right. Um, so that's why I had asked because I, I was recognizing that in my son. And even now, sometimes he doesn't like to do independent play, but I think that that's just, just, just my son. So I've accepted. Yeah. And he will, mm-hmm. as he's getting older, he'll be three in November. He'll play for some time by himself and then you hear yeah. mommy, daddy play yeah more so because we work so of course he's at school all day when he's home he's like i want mommy and dad yes absolutely so you know we work yes. on that but i i was i was aware of that for a while like oh shoot i am projecting mm-hmm. this on my kids so i gotta yes
1: and you know what's interesting too i feel like as you're talking it makes me think of with my daughter i i, I wore her all the time mm. and i remember hearing which was so annoying you know people even neighbors say, you know, she's going to be spoiled, put her down, she's going to be spoiled. And I'm like, geez, can I just offer my child a secure attachment? <laughs> can I offer can them I some just love? be a mother to
0: my child? like Exa-
1: Exactly. And it's interesting because I, I think even the uh, assumptions of what is going to ruin your kid, we have enough as moms that, that occupy that space, but when it's added on by other people of this, this thing that you're doing so like, my family eats primarily a plant-based diet. That was the hardest thing to honor outside of the house. you know, Grandma is Jamaican. Okay. Yeah, I'll just say this. you know, I think in terms of I hear this all the time, sometimes it, the external support people who should be support people add pressure onto moms. and sometimes it makes moms not want to rely on those people. you know, If somebody crosses a boundary or they're, they're critical of you, I've just seen that a lot. Hinder. It's like, well, then I know I can't, I can't go to you if you're not going to respect my whatever, whatever. All I wanted to say on that is um, moms offer other moms lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of grace, Mm -hmm. lots and lots of kind words. But this to me is our first threshold of uh, testing our mama bear capabilities, right? Mm -hmm. Because we all have, we have this desire, this need, this uh, instinct to want to protect our kids. And I remember, um, I can't remember which, I think it was one of the prenatal courses I took that said uh, parents are some upwards of 90% right when they assess what their kids need and grandparents are somewhere between 60 and 70% correct. And I was like, thank you. I just needed somebody to validate that we know. <laughs> that
0: we know what's best for our children. That
1: we know what's best. Yeah. And I, that stuck with me because I was like, you know what, we, there's not, not everyone has people backing them up and supporting the parenting. Usually what comes up is the critique. And so I just wanted to give that little gift to whoever mom needs to hear it. It's more times than not, we know what's best and what Absolutely. method you want to take can be so
0: different, you know, than what was before. Yeah, And, and that's okay. And, you know, I want to go because you said you're, I'm assuming your mother-in-law, you said is Jamaican. Yes. Okay, so what have you, and I'm sure this is going to open up a whole paradox or Pandora's box, as you call it, what have you noticed in the Black and brown communities between maternal mental health and Mm, mm. between everything that we just discussed, right? The generational (laughs) curses of kids are seen and not heard and being raised a certain way. So talk about that now.
1: Okay, first of all, uh, I think people's approach to mental health is uh, spirituality. Mm. Like that is enough. To, all you got to do is pray about it. Oh, mm-hmm. all you got to talk about is in pray the ba- black and brown community. In the black and brown community, yes, I feel like if there's um with the professionals that I've been working with, if you if you even have a doula or a midwife, you tend to be more open to mental health stuff. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah, but at large, it's still like nope. You we're taught from the beginning to grit and bear. You know, we are a very perseverant people. Yeah. And so there is this sense of like, I've got to be able to do it all and handle it all and be superwoman and And you don't, mm-hmm. I think for me, it's like to be able to say, I need help is a
0: very vulnerable thing to do. And a very sh- uh, and come from a place of strength because to be vulnerable, absolutely. to show weakness is actually a sh- showing more of your strength than not. Right.
1: And that's the thing that I had to shift to is this idea of reaching out and accepting help. It d- you, I, I still have to battle that and unlearning that that is not it's not a weakness to show someone at your core who you are it takes courage to me it takes absolute courage to do that and so in addressing maternal mental health issues first of all you have to acknowledge there's a problem which a lot of people don't like to do because i got it mm-hmm. i got to take it care of me and mine gonna be okay mm-hmm. i hear that quite a bit or, well i don't or, have
0: time for that right i don't got time for oh, that. oh
1: no or how much how much is it yeah. right then it becomes about the money And so when I think about those things and and for real, I think maternal mental health for many people or mental health in general is seen as an elective, but it affects so much of our life. You know, if you're tired, which motherhood, is just a part of the journey, you're going to be exhausted. That's going to affect your mental health. Mm -hmm. You're in spaces of unknown, especially, I mean, really, even if you have subsequent children, all kids are different. Their needs are different. They require something different of you. So, Parenting is all about navigating in the gray to me. It's there's like quite a few things that are concrete. You know, the most you can get to is like milestones. Your kid could be in this range of things need to accomplish, but most of it is we're figuring it out as we go. And just as you think you got, you got it, they change again. Yeah. Absolutely. So for me, when it comes to mental health is who is helping you to help you like uh, refresh and enrich and care for your mental and emotional health. Mm -hmm. So some people, what I love, especially about South Florida is more times than not people have community here Mm. more times than not. But there's also a big population of people who's transient. So you're, you're the first over here from whatever country you're from and, your family might be elsewhere so those are a lot of people that come through my door it's like uh I, you know i only have my in-laws here and i don't really feel close to them or i don't really have Why? so in those in those regards to maternal mental health i have found for myself if i can help other professionals so they can give their clients like pediatricians OBGYNs, and other birth workers that seems to up the ante of opportunity because mm-hmm. you're more likely than not go to your doctor. You, they've seen all your, you know, glory. So <laughs> it's like, you'll, you'll go to them for some help when it gets really bad. Mm-hmm. And that's the part for me that, that hurts. It's, uh, okay. So in terms of maternal mental health, when most, a lot of moms experience postpartum, what do they call them? Baby blues. So you, yeah, you, after you have the baby, there's a rush of surge of hormones shifting and changing in your body. Um, which although let me just say, I don't know did you if you did the placenta encapsulation. I did. am telling you, girl, I went I went pretty crunchy. I did yeah i did too with my second and i was so grateful there's not a lot of scientific
0: evidence that proves that it helps talk about that because obviously again i have no experience so i can't i can't speak on any c- comparing it i just know i feel like it helped me i really do oh so tell do, me so did I. do you so you do feel like it helped i did absolutely i was willing because i
1: felt like i was high risk for postpartum depression i was new to the area i had a difficult um Difficult pregnancy, a lot of stressors on me. So I'm like, the clinical stuff in my head was like, I'm pretty high risk for postpartum depression. Let me put as much buffer in place as I could. Mm -hmm. And so my midwife did placenta encapsulation. And I learned that every other animal eats their placenta after birth. I was like, why in the world? Don't- it sounds disgusting. <laughs> it sounds so disgusting. Every person who I've told, like, who's not there, like, why would you do that? I'm like, I know. Girl, listen, I was like, I can't eat this mistake. I know some people do that. I'm not putting in smoothies either. I couldn't do that. But I was like, we it could dehydrate this sucker and I could pop up, I could do that. Yes. So I was willing to. And for me, um it really did help. I, I felt like it did provide me with energy. Um, and just, I enjoyed my postpartum experience with my with my daughter. I really did. Uh, But the biggest concern for me was that that drop after you give birth. uh, mm. So with with the baby blues, that's one of the reasons why I think it's so common. Our hormones get all out of whack uh, and it takes a few weeks. But what a lot of people don't realize is um, postpartum depression specifically uh, is so treatable with help with early
0: intervention. Mm. But, you know, this junk can linger on for years. I'm, I'm a, I would imagine so. But what early, in, so talk about that. What early in, intervention are you Okay, so to? if you're noticing um, things
1: like for depression, you're not really enjoying. You feel, ex- well, you feel exhausted already, but it's hard to do things that you felt like you were normally able to do. Um, so reading isn't enjoyable. Watching TV isn't enjoyable. Connecting with, fr- you don't want to be around anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, reaching out sometimes people don't want to get help because they feel like I don't want to get on any pills because I want to breastfeed. Right. So um, I've even learned that there are medications that you can take while breastfeeding, Mm -hmm. but the challenge is advocating for yourself. So if you're already feeling depressed, you don't want to have to fight. You don't have to fight for, Uh, to find a good therapist because that that takes that takes some time you know you don't always vibe with the therapist just because they're available and within network um but having i think that's where the extra support people come in of like if you're feeling depressed what oftentimes we prescribe is just buff how how can you increase Mm. the support around you so uh normally you would do all the cooking and the cleaning and go to work it's like okay if you got 20 split plate spinning, wh- which of those can you give away, even if it hurts you to do so? That's a good point. So like laundry, right? It's really not important that you are the one to do that load of laundry, Doesn't, right? It, not, you don't need a certain skill set for, put it in, take it out. Exactly. That's it. And so to me, I just keep thinking you have to level the playing field, you know? And and for a lot of, of the uh, mental health diagnosis that come along with postpartum, it's buffering up your support until you can get healthy. It's the same thing if you were sick in any other way. If you're like walking around with the flu or covid, you're not gonna be like, I gotta I've gotta be the
0: one to do all these things. You like I gotta be in bed. Can somebody else but do X, motherhood? And Z? Do not for motherhood, there's no connection with that. Because right. we gotta be we gotta be on top, just like you said before. We gotta be on right. point. I don't have time to sit down. I gotta get mm-hmm. XYZ done because right. that's gonna make me feel like a boss or whatever these right. things, these fad trends are. Like I need to be going
1: right and that's for me where i'm like again there are there are elements of life that only you can do but but many times cooking cleaning like a lot of times there are other people who can assist in those things and believe it or not like now more than ever social connection is huge Mm -hmm. it's huge i remember being in that position of like okay you know you're the only mom in your group of friends you know it's like oh other people don't understand there is so much power in being able to say girl i feel you without having to fix anything just i see you i hear you i understand the struggle mm-hmm. right and so it's it, oddly enough i'm like that does a lot to your brain chemistry to be able to have people who understand you feel at peace it decreases uh, anxiety it produces uh, happiness within you like to be able to feel seen and heard so it's Something as simple as, you know, being told, Oh, self care, Oh, go hang out. There's a lot of science behind what happens to any person when you engage in those things. So I think now more than ever, it's cool that everybody's looking for that everybody's yearning the connection. And there's so many ways to do that on Facebook, on Instagram, joining these online communities, for me, it was what to expect when you're expecting. I use that app so much.
0: Oh, the app! I thought you meant the book. Okay, I- no, I, I used the app. app. I didn't even know about it. Um,
1: so many of them, baby center, all these things—they have online communities. And what I loved about it was, especially with my son, I um, they had August 2016 uh, babies, and so I joined in on that, and I'm. It's like, oh, my kid is driving me crazy at night. Anybody else? And then you got two hundred something comments of like, "Girl, <laughs> you're not alone." You're like, and okay, so, my kid's not crazy. <laughs> no, and there, and people were so willing to like at times. It's like, oh, let's connect on IG. Let's da da da. And That's awesome. It's so great to to find different methods to help. I think to me, just have that camaraderie and shared experience. Sure. It does a world. A world because any of these mental health, anxiety, depression, PTSD, they're all isolating.
0: Absolutely. Plus, I think, you know, we're in 2020, right? And, you know, I think about just even me growing up and, you know, my parents and I, we talk about this because my mom was always like, oh, such a different time. It's so different. And I'm like, ma, it is. And it's going to be different. You know, when my son has his children, I'm like, and that's a good thing, right? In some aspect of it. And yes, there are some really crazy things with it. Right. Even when you think of social media, there's beautiful things about it. And then there's crazy things about it. Right. Yeah. have sex trafficking. You have pedophilia. You have, I can't even tell you how many men, older men reach out to my page and I'm like, what? Like you see, I have a family, I have a child. So there's, there are, there's, it's, it's crazy. But I think you're, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head of saying, you know, how community is so important because we do have so much more at our fingertips that we have to compare, right? right. It's great, but we see the next mom like, right. wait a minute, do I need to be at that right. level at her? What, you know, the the competitive thing, just all of that because right. we have so much at our fingertips. Yes. I think it's important when you say, you need that community of other women to be like, no, like I am just in it as much as you. Yes. Like, yeah, these are little, aspects of people's lives but no you know like i'm I'm like there's other people basically like we said going through what you're going through and i think that's so important now because we're exposed to so much more than we were exposed to growing up and our parents and so on absolutely there's so much available and i will say this too for any moms listening if you're
1: pregnant i think it's so wonderful to clean your feed i love doing that like probably quarterly it's just going through because like you said sometimes people want to compare and think oh I have to then it becomes the have tos because you're seeing trends right so then it's like oh I have to take month pictures of my kid and make it look beautiful with the right lighting and then I gotta edit it and use this and not look you may not listen taking a shower might be the win that you have for the day let alone trying to do all these other should things and so I do think a huge part of uh, no matter where you are on the spectrum of motherhood is re- recognizing for yourself like what
0: is healthy for me no i think that's so important um and as you said you know doing what's best for you i think also one of the things that helped me through my anxiety get through it even to this day because i still have moments right as you said before yep. i'm still yep. going through it my son is, i'm still a new mom technically i mean he's only yep. going to be three i still can't believe it because he's like this little three almost three or going on 10 but <laughs> you know it, it. I am but I just keep telling myself I'm not the this is not my, my first rodeo I'm not the first mom right <laughs> I tell my mom my mom yes. did this with less than what we had right? right like I put my I put I humble myself right Nicole like relax like it, it could be much worse yeah so I try to put it in perspective and say I, I wasn't the first to do this your mom you know pro- probably had it worse like I put it just put it into perspective and then I'm like oh, okay yeah It kind of humbles you you know yeah yes we have you know, more now at our fingertips even though we have a long way to go but we still have more at our fingertips than they yes
1: I think to me like there's so many of us that I mean the spectrum is wide of the different type of moms and I think to me whatever empowers you sometimes like to be honest with my second I, I remember freaking out like how am I gonna go grocery shopping with two kids I remember like logistically trying to think I don't understand how to do that. Do I put the kids in the car first or the groceries in the car first? Like I remember, like <laughs> thinking that kind of stuff through. And my friend, before I had my daughter, I like never let my kid, watch, my son, watch TV. He didn't. And and I had a lot, a lot of. It was attached to other things. TV isn't bad, but it was attached to other, other meanings for me. Sure. And my friend was like, Samara, if they're safe, if they're fed, if they're loved, they're fine. And i said that to me like all the time if they're safe if they're loved if they're fed they're fine i needed to like recite that almost to give myself permission to shift my expectations of what motherhood was going to look like you know because it's not always going
0: to be a bed of roses you're Uh -uh. going to have things so Mm -mm. as long as you said as long as they're fed they're loved they're like that's it my husband had to put that in perspective for me because anytime i heard my son cry like that was again part of my anxiety like i was like just stop him from crying. I didn't want him yes. to cry. And my husband's like, if he's not bleeding and he's not whatever, he's like, he's okay. Right. And I'm Like, oh my God. He's like, he's okay. Like mm-hmm. relax. And um, I tell myself that I'm like, he's not bleeding. He's okay. He's just crying because he's emotionally, I have to help yeah. him through. And I kind of work through that way.
1: Yeah. Mm.
0: I feel like, I don't know, like
1: some tension being relieved right now as you're talking, because I know so many of us just feel trapped you know by these standards and expectations and pressure um and it could be so defeating yeah, yeah, yeah. it could feel so defeating
0: and what's what's even interesting and you know i don't like to politicize things i don't but things facts are facts i had a interview with a woman who owns a newborn like uh it's called baby bloom in uh, baby bloom newborn care in rhode island but she specifically one of her things is taking care of mom right yeah. so it's not necessary um maternal mental health but um postpartum doulas which I never thought heard of a thing and I was like what she's like yes they come and take care of you afterwards I'm like oh my god that's genius a night nurse which I got even more education on because I thought that was like a high sedity like thing (laughs) like no (laughs) like I was like a night nurse like I need to be and she's like no 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 she's like if you want to be with your baby you can she's like "But I am there to help you if you need a water if you need this and I'm like what but she broke it down because she said in other countries if a woman gives birth, the village stops and they cater to that mom. They cook yes. for that mom. They yes. for that mom. And she's like, but in America we have to commercialize things. So of course, yeah. Then it's like, oh well, if you get a night nurse, then it's how expensive is this? And she's like, no, 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 cut that out. She's like, in other countries it's normalized.
1: The mother right.
0: needs to be taken care of. She's like, if the mother does not get adequate sleep, which is what you were saying, right? We're tired. Right. Motherhood is exhausted on a mental level, physical level. Right. If mother is not taken care of, she cannot properly take care of that baby. And it just blew my mind because I'm like, God, in America, it's so true. Right. If you do want that level, they make it seem like it's, it's, you have to be at a certain class to afford it or to deserve Mm it. Black and brown communities, it's like, no, I don't want that. You know, I'm going to take care of my baby. Yes. Because we don't have this feeling of how valued we are in ourselves. Right. I think our own self value gets lost in that. Yeah. And there's so much too
1: that go into the essence like you said of community is one of the things I love about South Florida because uh, a friend of mine brought some food over when I had my daughter and she told me in Haitian culture, there's like a period of time where the the elders and your family, they bathe you in herbs and all this stuff. It's like they bring the baby to you take everything you, you, you yes. get a moment of being catered to. And, uh, we are so independent yeah. here that, um, there's a sense of, like you said, a detachment from what the community should be and times where community is supposed to be there for you, where you should be dependent, right? Yeah. Is around this space of giving birth. Absolutely. And so I love to me, um, there's a thing called blessing way. Have you heard of that? I For some reason it sounds familiar, but explain what that is. Okay. So, um, a friend of, let me see, natural birth works there. Uh, that's, that's, that's my midwife. Oh, Galena yes or Sandy. yeah okay so They're she, both. Oh, yes that's probably how I found your page was probably through them yeah those have, were my yes. Yes. okay so my 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 friend knew of them and since I was pregnant she like offhandedly invited me to this blessing way oh <laughs> so, yeah I've been there wait they do at the park at the park yeah
0: yes. yes. okay yes yeah. I thought that was like the best thing. So oh, well, for you let, know what? Before listeners talk about it. One yes. thing, you could probably articulate it better than I can explain what that is. Okay. So
1: from my understanding, it's a native American tradition where um, people who have given birth or, or new moms, old moms, whatever, come to support the pregnant people in the community. So you have times of um, there's sage around, you have um, washing of feet, yes. uh, some like, ceremonial uh experiences and um the the most impactful things for me of that were hearing birth stories
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and where it wasn't like trying to one up of horror stories because i feel like that's what we we normally do here yeah but it was encouraging of like you can do it empowering or i've survived this experience Mm -hmm. um so sharing birth experiences and then there's bonding thing where you make these bracelets and you say a prayer or a set an intention for the person next to you. And you wear that for the duration of your pregnancy and cut it when you go into labor yeah. then it's like releasing these, all those positive vibes over you, you know, yeah. as you go through your life. And to me, that, when you talked about that being a spiritual experience, it was so great to me. And I thought, what if every community could have this, yeah. right? This sense of I'm not alone, like you said, not in a comparative way, but women have been giving birth literally as long as men have been alive. So I can do this It being a source of empowerment versus fear, entering into the beginning of of motherhood or birthing experience. It was so powerful to me.
0: Yes. I can't believe I forgot that, but I didn't get it. I didn't go, she did, they didn't have it. Or maybe it was after because they're busy. Yeah. So, and I wish I could get, and I'm glad that we connected because I would yeah. love to do something of even to continue that, because I know they're busy. Yes. They can only do so much. Right. Um. So I didn't have it while I was pregnant, but I did go after my son was born and I actually did get to share my birth yes. story. So it's funny that mm. you said that cause I completely forgot, but you yes. know, there's also another aspect where you write stories and I think you put it in a fire. I think That's you right. Let your go fears, of fears. Yes. yes. you yes. burn your fears. Yep. Um, yes. But I think it is, I think, because a lot of women I have spoken to, unfortunately, do have a lot of close friends of mine, right? I mean, we can go into from the start of when you take up pitocin and the effects of epidural and then how it, even though we're told supposedly that they're scientific, that there is no proof, but yet if you talk to most women who have that journey, then that leads to complications of a Um, C-section. And that's just in strength and numbers and statistics. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think when you have empowering stories, right? Key word and showing of strength, like, look, I'm not no better than you. So if I can do it, you can. Right. Do it. I think that right. would change the game for so many moms. Yeah. So many moms on this yep. journey, you yes. know, because fear I think is one the biggest hindrance in anything, but especially with motherhood, especially if you're a new mom. Right. Um, and on, just in, is it Western medicine, you would call it, or traditional medicine? I, I yeah. always get the terms where they don't talk about that. It's the scientific right. aspect. Right, right. It's not really the the emotional, spiritual attachment to you bringing life into this world. Mm-hmm. It's just nope. It's this or you know I'm gonna uh, say I'm gonna um not record but make an appointment for a C-section so I can get back at work. My right. old employer asked me that. An employer of mine had said he was like, oh why don't you get a C-section so we know when you're gonna come back? Like jokingly. And in my mind, right. I'm like, get out of here. I know so, it's so <laughs> normalized. Of, no, because then we can bounce back quick. And it's like, no, my body, I'm going to let God tell me what's meant to be and let right. it flow and just be at one. Yes. Um, so Samara, I want to go into some other uh, questions because I sure. think we've had a great conversation of just letting it flow. But there are yes. some things that I, I think I did want to ask you specifically. I know we spoke about the black and brown communities um, are a lot of your um. Are your patients from all different cultures, backgrounds? Do you see a need more in the black and brown communities? Is that where you like to reach out to because there is a need or in general? I think
1: uh, most of my clients are of the black and brown community. They seek me out. You know, they want someone who looks like them, Mm -hmm. knows similar struggles. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, uh, and also I found a lot who again like I told you I really have seen an increase of people who work with doulas and midwives tend to be more open and also readily like I have a problem let me go or they'll reach back out to their their provider and are more likely to come to therapy than people who work with an OB and I I only I think that reason why is because of the quality of the relationship you know you get to have more depth when you work with doulas and midwives than you just get to with OBs and I just think it's the nature of the difference in in industry. Uh, So I won't say like a necessarily, well, no, I will say, I wish that moms had more care and more connection with their providers. I think it would change a lot. But anyway, I do think that, that, um, the fact that I am a woman of color, it attracts other women of color in the community
0: too. I definitely see that. Have you noticed since COVID and this is going to be a two part question. Number one, how have like, what have you learned during this? really crazy time. And two, have you seen an increase actually because of COVID? Mm -hmm. Like tell me about your experience within the last five months.
1: The first probably two to three was a drop off. Actually. It was so many people were overwhelmed that they were not coming out. And I can't, and this was like across the board of clinicians that I know, there was a big dip. Um, and I get it. It was like, we all had to, to turn insular because we all were freaking out initially yeah, people, of like not really sure what to do. What was
0: going on? We heard pandemic. No. We're like, is the world ending? No one knew what yeah. it was like,
1: Yeah, uh, yes, absolutely. So, but now I'm seeing an increase of both what the experience was like, because now, you know, moms that have given birth in the past five months have had to do it in really unexpected ways. Sometimes feeling alone, yeah. um, not having all their support people, people that they planned It was just been a lot of like disappointment. I can't, some people it's been trauma, but a a heavy load of disappointment of the, uh, labor and delivery experience and even the pregnancy experience for a lot of moms. So, um, but things that I've learned in this period is how important it is to slow down, you know, with us not being able to do all the things, you know, not being able to have these elaborate birthday parties, with everything or the biggest gender reveal party or the bit it's, it's brought it back down to what really matters. And it's been a hard shift for people to, to say, okay, at my core, not what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's check that at the door, but at my core, what is it that I want? How is it that I want to experience pregnancy? How is it that I want to experience intimacy with my partner? And there's been kind of jokes, you know, of like, um, this has really t- tested a lot of couples. Cause then you're in the same space often with little break. From your partner, depending on what the environment is, Um, but I'll I will say this has helped a lot of couples. Oddly enough, Mm -hmm. that I've been working with, they're like we didn't realize how much we actually needed to be together in order to address some of the issues. And then for others, they've realized this is not meant to be. This is not where I'm supposed. This is not where I'm supposed to be, (laughs) or not you know how I want to live my life. So it's been a wide spectrum of things, but. I just, the biggest thing for me is the importance of slowing down and almost detaching a bit mm.
0: from the should be, supposed to be. So, how do you, what is your goal? Um, and I like to ask this because I think it is so easy for myself. It was slowing down when I was home. Yeah. Now I'm back in the office. I mean, Um, My son is in preschool, you know, my Mm -hmm. husband's working from home, but he literally works full time from home. I am back in the office, but in a safe, safe um, way. My son's been in preschool. Um, It's a smaller class. So we're safely trying to resume back to normalcy, but I'm finding myself getting back on that hamster wheel. So what are some ways you're going to try and (laughs) gracefully give yourself to not jump back on? And you know what? I
1: feel like I've been so personally, I feel like uh I, I love to go. I mean, I feel like this is like the New Yorker in me, but my whole family is this way. So let's jam pack the schedule. Let's do as much as we can. I I thrive off of that. Where's my
0: <laughs> my like husband? Sisters, I feel like we're like you're <laughs> like it's the same thing. Yes. I um, looking at the calendar, it's kind of sick yes. to do. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm with you. And my son is like me. Mommy, what are we going to do today? mommy <laughs> where are we going today and my daughter she was just chill. my husband is like he's the one that slows me down so for me it, it has been a really great gift during this time to not feel obligated to pack my schedule with many other people doing a lot of, i mean i've got my mom squad and we hang out a lot and my family but that's pretty much it yeah. and so I think for me now is i want to keep my peace that is the the greatest gift i can give myself to be honest that no one else can give me is my peace so when i feel unsettled or i overlap too many things in my schedule i'm growing okay to say no yeah no not today or not right now because what i what is the most valuable to me i cannot function well when i'm unsettled and like i said i wrestle with anxiety so i have to be able to find ways And uh, stress in different times will bring about, you know, um, a a change of pace for me. Mm -hmm. But what I've loved during COVID is taking walks in the morning and taking walks at night with my family. That to me, as like I started saying, my walks are for my mental health. That keeps me in a really happy place, Mm -hmm. a balanced, stable mood that when I work out, that's for my body. That's for my strength. But, uh, so that for me, I am not willing to compromise. And I used to, I used to say like, Oh, let me see how many people I can. mm -mm." And even with my clients, to be honest, um, I like to keep a rather light load so that I can be available, especially for crisis times. That to me is, is big. So I don't want to have jam packed. So I can't, people can't get in touch with me. Mm. No. Um, and even with what I've been doing on social media, this is a thing for me. It's like, I, I, Started during COVID doing these Motherhood Mondays. Which I, I, I wanted guys. to ask you about that, but go ahead and do yes. it. So I took a step away from from doing that um, because I was like, no, I, I just want to kind of be present. And then a few people have been asking like, hey, what's going on with the support groups? Hey. And I was like, okay, well, good. Now that I know people want to do this, let me find a way for me to insert this again that works best for me, mm-hmm. you know? Um yeah. So I'm going to reinstate those. I'm so excited to get back into it, but even pacing myself, you know, it's like when COVID started, everybody went, you know, online and you were like a thousand lives all the time and all these webinars and workshops. And I even had to catch myself to say, you know what, I'm, I have a two year old and a three year old, you know, like, it's okay to do what I can and that be, and that's going to have to be enough. Right. Yeah. Enough. So that boundary for me again, is I want to do things because I want to, not because I feel like I should.
0: Mm. That
1: that judgment that doesn't work well for me. I'm like I'm I'm a guilty soul. I, I don't I don't want to live life. I've been saying that for myself personally. My model for this year is I want to be compelled out of love. Mm. That is it. Not out of guilt. Love not it. out of fear. And so that's that's helping me with my peace and my little love being you know motivated out of love.
0: That's been kind of my boundary. That's awesome. So basically, replacing I should do this to do I want to. Yep. Does it, does it, how, what is this going to, in the grand scheme of things, right, from what I'm hearing. And I love that because I'm finding myself getting a little bit, you know, um, discombobulated again. And when I recognize it, i be like, okay, need to slow mm-hmm. down, you know. Yes even these interviews, like I, I, I love putting them out there. I know people are listening If one person. That's all I care about. Yeah. That means that I have to post and like I tell my husband, even to do this interview, I have to mentally prepare for it. Like as small as it might sound, but I do, I have to do the research. And sometimes I don't, you know, I'm just going to, sometimes I'm tired. I just want to sit and do nothing. And I'm like, Nope, I got to do this episode. Right. I've also learned, um, or I have to edit, you know, on top of everything else. Um, Of of like what you said, like, you know, just just not compromising what I want to do and saying, you know what, I'm not gonna post today or I might have to cancel that interview because I just I I need a moment. Right. You know? Um, so I think that's so important for you Mm -hmm. to say that and for the listeners out there, you know, um don't compromise what you need to I don't even know how to word it and you can help me, like don't compromise your, um, your, um, not mental health, your clarity, your peace of mind yes, yes. for what you think you, what the world or what you think the world thinks you should be doing.
1: Absolutely. I feel like oftentimes I have to tell myself and my clients that like, give yourself permission, give yourself permission to take care of you, to take care of your family, to nurture yourself. Because as moms, we have enough need to do this. We've got enough on our task list. Always. There's rarely a time that I encounter a mom that's not doing enough you know, at large. Yeah, so yeah for
0: me, most of the time, it's like, ease, ease, ease yourself into a place where you can breathe. Or like Michelle, I don't know if you read Michelle Obama's book, or when you've heard her speak, one of the biggest things she always attains to is men have no problem doing it. And like, I, I'm not a man basher, because you know, I'm not, you know, my husband is supportive. My husband is, yes, a husband and father, but that man has no problem being like, absolutely. Well, I need to do this today. And I'm like, but I That's wish. why I
1: laugh. Because my husband the other day we were stretching in the house with the kids. And I'm like, babe, I feel guilty that we're not like, you know, giving the kids attention. He's like, Samara, they'll be fine for thirty minutes. We're here.
0: That's so simple and it's so true. Like men just and it's a great balance, but they yes. don't. And Michelle Obama was like, Yeah, once I saw Barack, or actually no, it started when in as she was a lawyer and seeing these men in, in corporate America being like, Oh, I have no problem with this. And she's like, If they can so eat, why is it so hard to yes. take 10 minutes away or an hour away because they have no problem doing it. So it's nope. like, yeah, we need to, we need to jump on that.
1: I'm allowing myself to be taught by my husband. Cause yeah, <laughs> it's so true. So good at it. Yes. So good at it.
0: Yeah. You know? Um, okay. So this is one of my favorite, um, parts of the interview. This is where I kind of like to dive into the moms or to know about you, Samara, the woman. So tell me, what is your favorite movie? Ooh, 300. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, epic movie? Yeah, I love it. Oh my god, you movies. are! A woman my favorite <laughs> movie is Braveheart, an epic. Let's go! Oh, I love Braveheart. Yes. oh Oh, three hundred. So tell me why three hundred?
1: Like what um, is it? So uh, I'm the only girl, and I grew up around my brothers. And I, I, for me, I've always had this essence of if a guy can do it, I can do it too. uh And so these, I love seeing like the military movies or I don't know strength. And so. Uh, strength in the, in the smallness uh, of 300 to me. Like yeah, no, Those dudes a, were epic. 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 No, epic. The, the movie, the
0: the, the effects. His yeah. wife was epic at the part yes. where she showed... Yeah, no. Great, great. Love that. I'm like, I love that movie. Yes, yes that's awesome. Um, favorite book or even a book that you could do your favorite book and maybe even one you'd like to recommend to the listeners. Ooh, uh,
1: a book I like to recommend... Okay, I'm going to give two. Is The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Mm-hmm. And the gift of gift of imperfection by Brene Brown. there's I feel like they're simple in in the four agreements of four elements to live your life by that I feel like really help align your intention with what you offer people. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brene Brown's book, I just feel like she she gives permission to be to be you. <laughs> to both learn and unlearn and she gives such a delicate balance but she's a shame researcher so i feel like she she understands so much of the humanity of people that needs to be brought to the surface that's awesome um so i love i love those books um i can't think of any book in particular that i would say is my favorite But I will say right now I'm doing another run of Brene Brown's information. So she's like a huge role model for
0: me. Oh, just, yeah. Brace yourself. No, because I'm an avid reader. I actually got back into it talking about self-care. Yeah. Like I realized how much I I missed reading. So I make time to make sure that I can read sometime throughout the day
1: yeah Brené brown all I'm, I'm working my way through her she's got podcasts she's got okay. netflix
0: specials and books there's a lot there's a lot on her awesome so, okay i'll have to check her out um so i've, I've added a couple of new questions here okay. who, who is your hero or inspiration and why who do you look to look up to who inspires you
1: hmm. wow i don't know why that makes me so emotional oh. so i would say my mom in short my mom didn't get clean until i was one and she endured she had to overcome so much but uh when i think of strength that that woman was fierce um and so she up she taught me so much of what it meant to be proud to be who i was as a black woman as a woman to never like put limits on myself and so even so to today, I think I, I, my company is based off of things that she taught me. So That's
0: awesome. my,
1: definitely my mom. Um, and mm,
0: what was the other, who, oh, and, and just why either your inspiration and just why. So, oh, you know what, inspiration. I would, my, my mom squad. So
1: there's a group of us, about four or five moms, um, that were all from such different, such different walks of life
0: that's
1: awesome and uh, they push me it's you know this we all we all joke and say you know you have to have anxiety in order to enter into our crew but uh what I love is they all they all push one's a teacher one's a bartender and yoga instructor uh another one's going to school for um accounting like one's a lesbian mom like lesbian moms there's a there's a eclectic group of us and I just feel like they We are all pushing to be the best versions of ourselves. And so they motivate me daily.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. What, what do you do? I guess we kind of touch base on this, but I guess you can answer quickly. What do you do for your self-care? You spend so much time, um, helping other women, giving yourself Mm -hmm. to your family, um, to your clients. What do you do for self-care? What do you do to take care of yourself?
1: Ooh. um, well, recently I would say I've not compromised on um, exercise that I've, I've come to find what I like. So my walks, I'm not compromising on that. My exercise, uh, I love painting my nails. That's my jam. <laughs> Having time to do that and sip on a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. Um, I thoroughly enjoy jam sessions
0: whether they're shared or alone, I absolutely love, love, love music. So tell me. So now I got to ask, well, okay. who's in that lineup? What's that lineup looking like? Oh,
1: okay. Stevie Wonder is my favorite artist of all time. Yeah, I mean, of all time. Of special, yeah. Yes. So I love ballads like to sing, scream my heart out. I love
0: <laughs> But it does, it releases something, right? It releases something on yeah. the same way. Yeah,
1: well. so, um, but I, I'd say my family and I have a pretty eclectic uh, group. But Stevie Wonder, I love like old school, 70s soul music, neo-soul and, uh, and acoustic. i say those are my top genres of, of music that I listen to. Um, but my favorite artist, uh, he's blowing up now, is uh, Toby Wigway. He's a uh, African dude from Houston. He is a phenomenal rapper. Like really?
0: he is, yeah, well, yeah. What song does he have then? Tell me, because I'm sure I know, but maybe I don't know. Okay, on
1: Instagram, he blew up because he he made a, a song called um, it's Arrest the Cops Who Killed Breonna Taylor." Girl, I'll send okay. it to you. I, I will send it to you. Send it to me, please. Yeah. Okay. But I love it. Is family oriented? My kids love him and his fan. Like,
0: so it's a, it's a whole family. A affair for us. Good, good music. Absolutely absolutely yes, please send me that yeah I will. I, will I think representation you know um I'm Puerto Rican and Italian but my husband's Jamaican and Guyanese what um so? so we have a very mixed thing yes. here um and you know I always say you know I'm raising a black son America's gonna see him as a, as a black yes. man so representation yes. on all um I mean not only his Jamaican and Guyanese roots but African roots of tracing yep. back like everything um, yeah. um Puerto Ricans have Taino Indians like yes. all of it so yes. when I hear of artists like that, um, I think it's just important to share. Are you familiar with a book called, um, oh goodness, not the name of it. Um, have you thinked an inventor today?
1: No.
0: I'll send it to you. So basically okay. um, it's a book with a little black boy in the front um, and it's of all black in- inventors. So the, mm. the story goes into of, um, the perspective of a child waking up, brushing his teeth, getting breakfast, but all the things that he's going for was invented by a black mm. person so whether it's i don't know i think it was like the refrigerator so it's telling the story and say well did you know that xyz invented this mm. um because again going into representation yeah, um, which could be a whole nother topic of how we don't hear that often you know we hear a lot of the detrimental aspects of slavery and all of that, but we never hear the goodness that came out, not that the goodness that came out of it, but you know what I'm saying? The people that yeah. did elevate that became right. landowners that became inventors and changed, in essence, America. Yeah. Um, so it's an excellent book. I actually, I don't even have it in his book area. Cause I don't want, you know, he's a baby now, Yeah, yeah. Um, but I want him to, to read that. So I'll send it to you too. Thank you. Great, great book. Um, as far as representation. Yeah. Okay. So, um, usually I ask like, what has motherhood taught you? So I'll do two things. You could either answer if you want what motherhood has taught you or if there's some advice um, that if mm. if you could say to your children right now that you would love for them to take with them for the rest of their lives, if you could, because I know that's a lot, um, what would that be? Advice to
1: my kids. That gets me so emotional thinking about that.
0: Yeah, I know. You're uh, <clears throat> emotional like when, I, when I've talked to a couple women, yeah.
1: Well, you know, something I find myself... Um, because of my, my yoga friends, uh, she does, she teaches the kids affirmations, and I, I never thought to do that at this age for them, and so uh, I would tell my son now like, be brave, be strong, be kind, that's what
0: we I, I tell my son that every day because oh, he's <laughs> I swear to God. when I go to work, we do a Zoom we do a WhatsApp video, because yes. what I leave before him, and talk yeah. on his way to school, and I said, Jace be kind, be brave, be smart. Yeah, and I swear, be kind, be brave, be smart. And, you oh, know, my I love you. And my husband's biggest thing to him is, you got this. So he'll say, exactly. he'll be like, you got this. So, oh my God, I love that. <laughs> I told you, that's amazing.
1: It's like, why are we the same person? <laughs> yes, that is
0: awesome. Yes, yeah. be kind, be brave.
1: Yes, um, be kind, be brave, be strong. That, I feel like... Um, yeah. I want them to be able to take that with them no matter for the where they,
0: yeah. yeah for the you have bases basis with that, be brave in anything, be strong, be kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Right now at, at, you know, two and three, you know, it's, it's do that to each other because they're they fight a lot and they have fun a lot too, but I'm like, ah, oh, we're kind. We're kind to our friends. We share. We're kind to people. We're kind to strangers.
0: Kind. But, but, it so- stayed, but I think, I think we, we have to give kids cause it does stay like when yeah. my husband had said that to him, like you got this. And then my, the, I don't know, I forgot what I did. And my, my son was like, you got this mommy. And I looked at my husband and I'm like, Oh shoot. Like they do yeah. listen. Yeah. Even if it hasn't registered of what exactly that can mean that he could take that with. Yes. Um, Or like the first time when i did really start saying be kind be strong be smart be brave and then he'd be like i'm gonna be happy today because you know sometimes he would cry at drop off and i'm like look at him already even thinking right taking that with him Mm -hmm. um so yeah i think starting from young that's that's awesome that's awesome um Mm -hmm. any other Final words. Oh, actually, you know what? I want to ask this too. Have you traveled outside of the United States, or if you haven't, any place? What? Where's your favorite part in the world, or even within the United States?
1: I want to go. The only, I mean, I've I've traveled up and down the East Coast and the Midwest. I've not. The only place I went to on the West Coast was Seattle. Okay. So um, I I love the East Coast. New York is my favorite place. It will always be my favorite place. But if, uh, when when we're allowed to travel again, I've got quite a bit of. Um, I want to go check out South America. I'm like so badly. I want to go check out South America. Any put me anywhere and I'd be happy to explore. Um, and I want to see where my husband's family's from. So, you know, making my way to Jamaica. Uh, but I've been to the greatest gift my dad gave me was sending me to Puerto Rico when I was in sixth grade. And I got to see, where he grew up and oh, your
0: father's Puerto Rican.
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: I didn't know. So where are you? Where's your family from? Yes.
1: Well, my dad, his whole the ayalas, they're all from Puerto Rico and in the countryside off of Manati. Yeah. And oh my God,
0: that's where my uncle's from in Manati. <laughs> yes, lives in the countryside. Yes. Girl, let me find out we related somewhere. Hope- <laughs> oh I'm telling you, Lugo's. He's on the I'll- Lugo side. That's my that's my cut. Wow. Yeah, Yay. so
1: it's, uh, it was special for me to grow up and see. Not a lot of them made their way to New York and Florida, but a lot of family. So I, there was a, a time that I forever
0: loved uh, going there. But I would love to travel. Girl, I'm trying to go everywhere once we get free of this mess. So especially with children, I think it's so important for them to see. I think it humbles yeah. them. I think um, my husband and I have always said, like, you know, when we're able to, um, especially after COVID, and once my son can remember, because we were like at two years old, the travel stops, yes, because we got to pay for the plane ticket mm-hmm. and all of that. Mm-hmm. But um, we would take a, try and take a trip with just us, and then right. my son to some part of the world of something. Like, it's so important for him to see that. Yeah, I'm so, my, my bosses,
1: back uh, when I was in St. Louis, they would um, take family trips every year. So they had, they never had big blowout birthday parties for their kids. It was always low key because they, they as a family wanted to go travel wherever. And I was like, I'm, adop- I'm adopting that. Cause you're right. It does give you a really different element of life when you
0: can see more than what's happening in your little sphere. It's a big part of it. Cause especially yeah. I think as Americans, we take on this narcissistic attitude oh, that geez. is our way. Yeah. Um, and maybe, you know, obviously culturally we might not have that approach, but in general, it's around Perfect. us, so even if we're not teaching our children that when they go to school, you know, like oh, we're right. like, no, honey, we need to take you around the world. That we're not right. the only ones that right. there's other greatness out there. Right. Um, right. So, any final words for the listeners out there? What do you want to leave them with? Um, I I want to say it can feel I'm so grateful that you do this, Nikki, because
1: uh, Thank you. I I love being able to show like a little bit behind the curtain of who a therapist is and and that we're humans that are also professionals. But I think for me, it's if any mom needs help, like if you've got a girlfriend that needs help, it's okay. And it honestly takes so much courage Mm. to identify that you need that, to accept that you need that. And as a mental health professional, we are here for you Mm. to serve and support you. So please don't hesitate. And I even tell people I may not be the therapist for you, but if you feel safe enough to come to me i will help direct you you know to someone who can best meet your needs
0: so please reach out that's what i want to leave Well, that's definitely um obviously when i post the episode i'll put your ig handle um if there's another way that i mean you can tell me what you know as far as for contacting you sure. um, and i'd even love to contact you with baby bloom because she even though she's in rhode island she's doing some really really great things her thing is just supporting the mom
1: yeah um,
0: so I feel like if I'm able to connect people on whatever that looks like,
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: because she She's is awesome. for more people around the country. So I was like, yeah. hey, if you need someone that needs help in Florida, well, here you go. So awesome. I'll see if I could do something like that. Um, but I have a feeling we'll be in touch again. Absolutely. And, um, so it was a pleasure. Um, I hope you have a great Sunday and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one, Nikki. Thanks, Amar. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and give a review on the platform you're listening on. Tune in next time to hear another fierce mama share her story. Continue blessings to you all for love and light.